Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Yolanda. It is spelled Y-O-L-O-N-D-A. So this is my very first podcast. I'm excited and I'm as nervous as hell. Oh my gosh. But we're about to get this party started. Um, basically what I wanted to do was create a podcast that people who have had tragedy in their life, but have seen small wins, or maybe you haven't seen any at all. I'm not sure, but I'm looking for the people who may not think they've won, but you have, or you've had small wins and you're still yearning and burning and earning. Well, you're looking for the big win. Okay. I'm not going to stand here or sit here or tell you anything about being like, oh, I'm this big top, um, influential person. I'm not saying that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I do have something to give back. I do have lessons that I've learned that I feel like other people can learn from what I've gone through. And I am going to take it back here in a few minutes, but that's who I'm targeting. And this podcast is called Abused to business. So I'd have to take it back about being abused and I will do it over. I'm just going to kind of do a little bit of a, of a overlay on that one, um, to take it back so you can understand where I come from. And one thing I'll say is all of my podcasts, no matter what the subject is, there will always be a lesson or I won't do them because I'm not here to like create a bitch fest. That's not what I'm here for. I am here to be with you in the community, people who can connect with me and understand and say, I feel you girl. Now, I'm also here to tell you about the business aspect from a person who has come from abuse in their life and has learned the majority of her life lessons, a lot of them, through business. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here to tell you about. It's the network marketing, direct sales. It is the um, the community-based marketing, whatever you want to call it. It's the small business owners that have entered into some type of marketing field that they can learn a lesson from. So that's what I'm here for. So basically, if you are a person who's ever been mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually abused in some way, somehow, I'm I'm here. I, I've been through it. I have been through it. I promise you. I have felt the abandonment. I have felt fear. I still feel fear sometimes, but not from that. Uh, I have felt anger. I felt ashamed. I've had, I've had a lot of aggression earlier in my life. Um, the depression, the depression. Oh my gosh. Depression is just unreal, right? Um, all of these things definitely come with some type of abuse. And 
having trust issues, even to the tendency of having suicidal thoughts. Been there, been there, been there. I'm still here, but I've been there, so I understand. So I just want to tell you that you're not alone. You are not alone. So let me take it back. I'm going to take it back to about when I was 12. I was removed from my home. Now you have to understand, my home, when my mother got remarried, um, not to my biological father, but to someone who ended up adopting me, uh, when she remarried, she actually, um, we kind of like lived with, in the in the time frame where the Cosby show was well we were we were in that time frame where the Cosby show was like you know the 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 influential black family who lives in the middle upper middle class high class area and you know I mean that's what I had I had two parents in the home who were um very highly educated my mom got her master's later but she still had her bachelor's degree um my stepfather at the time, he had a master's or maybe two by that point. I don't know. I know he has two of them. But we lived in the big white house picket fence around it. I was like one of a handful of black children who attended predominantly all white schools in the areas that we lived. So that that was the picture, okay? Um Basically, we did family vacations and it was it was all about education from the time that we would drive from the house to our destination. We were going to I was going to learn something. I was going to learn something because it was all about um, whatever educational piece they could fit in to teach me something. So that's I mean, that's that's huge. And that's a whole nother podcast about um, the things that I learned. But for that in particular but anyway so but for this one I'm just painting a picture for you okay so here we are we're the few a few just a handful of uh, black families in a very nice at that time established neighborhood I'll say at that time because I know things have changed over the years but um, at that very at that time you know it was the one of the nice neighborhoods that people um if you were lower income that you definitely wanted to, it was one of those places that, you know, you're like, okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind living there. That's like, it was like a dream, a goal for, for, for people. So anyway, but from the time before that, before we pretty much, I grew up in Frederick, Maryland. And before that I was in North Carolina for like a, for like a year. And that's because we came from overseas. He was military. So coming out of the military, I spent about two and a half years in Seoul, Korea. That's where my grandmother um, was because she was a school teacher. She was a school teacher for the federal government. And so we lived on or around or near a base. That's what I remember because I only did it in kindergarten and first grade. That's what I remember. Came back to the States. I was in North Carolina. And then we moved to Frederick. And that's pretty much where I spent the majority of my childhood. But unfortunately, I was removed from my home at the age of 12 because inappropriate relationship between myself and my stepfather. It was one of those things where um, um, I was groomed and um, I'm going to be explicit here. So you have to understand because I want you to understand where I'm coming from. 
uh, because there's there's like a two part to this right now. So I went from the earliest memory of fondling was in Korea, which means that I was about mm, six, six years old. So about six years of that, right? Because I got removed out of the home at 12 because I thought everything was okay. It was normal. It started off with the fondling, the touching, the kissing, over to sodomy to, um, to pornography to, I mean, it's just, it just kept going. I mean, it, it, it stopped about right there. It didn't go into penetration because I was removed out of the home. Well, once I was removed out of the home, put into foster care within my first 30 days in foster care, kid you not, kid you not. It was my second foster home that when they placed me in there, the foster mother did not tell the social worker her husband's brother was staying there. She didn't tell him. So guess what? So all that fondling wasn't shit. Because now, now it's penetration and rape. Now I'm going, well, you just told me that my house wasn't safe. So now I'm taken out of my little middle class neighborhood where basically all I had to do was say I want and I got. So I came off like a little spoiled brat, right? I, I could say those things that I got what I wanted. But when I was told I was that those things were inappropriate and wrong, you put me into the foster care system and now I got raped. I, I'm I don't understand. So you can put me back in my house because this is bullshit. That's how I felt at 12. And they said, no, you can't go back home. What he did was wrong. Oops, we're sorry. And what this guy did was wrong. But then I had the foster mother who at the time that I got pulled out of um, that the second foster home, uh, it's because I thought I was pregnant. Because I was like, all I know is, oh, my period didn't come. Because I had my period started at nine. Later to be revealed that a doctor, going through all these doctors, I had prematurely stopped growing because of being molested so young. So I'm only five foot. And then, not to say I was going to be really tall, I'm just saying. But definitely after all the things that I've been tested with for just whatever, my growth and all that, they did eventually learn that my 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 uh my growth was stunted um prematurely and they contributed to the whole sexual abuse then so going back over to the foster home i have the social worker who takes me back to the foster home to remove my items from her from the home and the foster mother is screaming at me she's screaming at me going you are your you're a liar. You're, you're, I mean, just, just pissed off. She's like, now, you know, the baby that she had for a while, now that baby's being taken out of her home and she's going, it's your fault. <sighs> it's my fault. So I got taken out of my first home for almost the same shit, but now I'm in a worse situation and I get taken out of this home and it's my fault. That's what I mean, screamed at and told at and that I'm a liar. Um, course at that point I didn't understand anything about the system and I realized I was more of a paycheck to her so that's really what that was about but 
he actually, the guy who did it, was like, yeah, I did it and admitted it. I mean, hello, there's evidence. I was over there going, I'm pregnant. And I probably was like after like day two of, of after, um, of the sexual abuse for me. Cause I didn't under, I didn't really know. I didn't know like, Oh, how long it would take for, cause I don't, I didn't know any of that stuff. I just knew that I didn't get my period. And I was like, Oh God, I might be pregnant. And I went and said, Hey, I might be pregnant. And they said, well, wait, who are you pregnant by? I'm like, Oh, that 22 year old guy who's, who, um, is at my foster home. And they're like, you're fucking 12. What is going on? So anyway, so I get put in my third foster home um, and anyway, the, the whole point is, um, my third foster home, I mean, it was cool. Nothing happened. Uh, I used to call the foster mom there a religious fanatic. I mean, she, she pretty much was to me at that time in my life. As far as I was concerned, I felt like at that time that we were going to church like five days a week. <laughs> That's what it felt like. But she had all good intentions. She, it was a solid home. It really was. I stayed there a year. But I just was so confused. I was so, my, my, I just, I was so confused about everything in life that my self-esteem was so low that one of the first lessons that I can tell you that I learned later on in life is when people, you know, when they want to say, oh, you're a hoe. Oh, you know, that girl's a hoe or that girl is a She's a whatever. My point is, that's my number one lesson right now is stop calling women hoes. Please, 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 please. I I am done with all that. I'm done with people saying that because what I realize about a lot of women, I mean, some of them will, some of them these days, I mean, they don't care. They're just like, yep, I am. Oh, well, move on. Uh, <laughs> part of that, uh, um, that empowerment, I guess. I don't know what you want to call that. But for a lot of the women who, um, you're, you're calling a tramp, a hoe, or whatever it is. I'm not kidding. Most of them have had some type of sexual something happen to them that was in a negative way. And that's why we need to stop saying it. Because those women, at least I can speak for myself, the confidence is so low that normally there's two things that happen to abuse to, to women, especially during sexual abuse or like not during but after, is either they shut down and they're so introverted that they don't say anything at all. Then you have the ones that I say they go buck wild. And that was me. I went buck wild. So, um, but I know that during that time frame in foster care, uh, I went, I was in five foster homes total. Um, there was one intermittent that I went back and forth, I think twice because of, uh, my foster, my third foster mom went on vacation. So I ended up back at their house like twice. And then she had a surgery and I had to go back to them. Um, by this point, I kid you not, I swear to you not, and, and and it sounds crazy, but my third home, not the third, my fourth, sorry, the fourth, the one that they were putting me um, back and forth intermittently, they had an older son too. And guess what happened? And his ass, I do believe he was out of high school. Yeah, I know he was. Yep, yep, yep. I kid you not. Three times a charm, I was just done. Ain't nobody saying nothing at this point. Why should I? The system has completely failed me. My own house has failed me. I mean, at this point, I don't even care. Um, so, you know, then is it, are you the problem? Am I the problem? I mean, do, do I have to remind anybody I was 12? <laughs> like I was 12, seriously. So in the meantime, now I'm really, now at this point I get in my life and I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed off. 
because the person that I felt should have been protecting me was my mother, right? Like she should have protected me because I'm like, I swear that one night that you came down them steps in the one house that we moved to in Frederick, you know you saw something because I remember sitting on the bottom steps because my room was downstairs later to be told that we moved because of that incident so that I could be on the same floor with the whole family. So I guess she can keep her eye out. I don't know what the hell, but anyway, so... But the point is, I, I swear that she knew something because she saw something and I was told everything is going to be okay. And then um, when we moved to the other house, then it just kind of escalated with my stepfather where it was uh, um, the pornography and all that because <laughs> nothing happened. I guess she didn't get her answer from the gynecologist she took me to because he and I'm going back I know I keep bouncing but you'll catch up with me as you get to know me you'll, you'll catch up with me but um just going back to that scenario I mean I was one pissed teen pissed off at the world you couldn't tell me nothing nothing I was mad I was mad because it was like okay so you're standing over here and you are you're with him. So when they said they took me out of the house, but you didn't kick him out. That's why my ass was still in foster care because she, my mom did not kick my stepfather out. She supported him. And the only thing in my soul that was burning back then was that she didn't want to lose her lifestyle. She didn't want to be a single parent again. That's what I thought as a kid. Like I was pissed. I mean, the word hate back then was definitely in my vocabulary because I was pissed off all the time about like you couldn't put me near her I was trying to scratch her eyeballs out like seriously a lot of aggression I told you like when you feel that aggression I was very aggressive with my mother um so but she wouldn't give me up my last foster home my fifth one I was there for two and a half years oh I fell in love with my foster home um I had a foster father who um, never once ever, 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 ever tried to do anything. Um, and that's where I, I learned about what real love was from, um, a father perspective and a daughter perspective. And to this day, I still love him and I call him my father, my dad, that is my dad. My last foster home was, that's my dad. Um, so, uh, but in the foster care system, I was basically, uh, I was in there for almost five years. Yeah, about five years. I came out when I finally released me out of the foster care system after going through years of therapy. And uh, I, when my mom decided that I was going to come back to the house, um, my stepfather, of course, at that point was no longer going to, he wasn't there. Like, I guess she stayed in place and he had got a, he, he was still in the military because he got acquitted. Now, remember what I told you, I recanted after going to the first foster or the second foster home and then having and getting raped and being in a more of a worse position than I was when you took me out of my house. I freaking recanted. I was like, oh, no, nothing happened. Put, put me back to the house. Well, of course, they took advantage of that situation. Did something really happen? Absolutely. To the core value today. It did. It did. It really did. But from a perspective from a child, I mean, this is stupid. You're going to take me out of my house and put me somewhere that something else happened that was worse. And then I got these people screaming at me, put me back to my house. At least I knew how to handle that situation. I mean, I didn't know how to handle it. I really didn't. But 
it wasn't this bad. That was, that's the way I saw it, even though they said it was wrong. And so I'm like, okay, I get it was wrong, but then it kept happening. I'm five foot tall. By the time I'm in 12th grade, I mean, not 12th grade, excuse me. By the time I'm 12, I'm at a complete, I'm, my height has been completed. <laughs> Actually, it was, I think I was probably younger than that because when I was 12, I was in middle school. So, um, I think something like that anyway, but by fifth grade, let me put like that by fifth grade, I was five foot. Okay. So even though I was tall in fifth grade, I went to middle school and everybody kind of shot up over me, but I kind of, at that point I'm, I'm tall enough and I just started to fill out. So I don't know what filling out meant for a man back then, but I guess it was enough. Um, so I was one confused child, very confused. Um, like I said, I had the, the frustration, the, I felt abandoned. I felt neglected. I felt everything. Um, and the person that most people would assume that I was mad at or that I should have been mad at would have been my stepdad, but it wasn't. I was so over him. I was like, whatever, I'm done with him. Okay. I was finally like, I was like, okay, I'm done with that situation. But my mother, for her to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You saw me. Oh, you saw it happen. You saw it. I know you saw it. Only to later on go, well, you know, because of court orders, when court orders come into play, you're not supposed to talk about situations, um, especially during a court case. And since she was supporting him, we really had a lot of uh, hands, hands off, no talking conversations. And it just didn't help. It didn't help. It made the situation worse. Then when you go to counseling, I'm so pissed off at the whole world. And she's still over there playing naive. So I just, it, it just didn't work out for many years. So anyway, so five, almost well, over five years of being in foster care, pretty much, where when I finally went home, I was returned pregnant. <laughs> they, the foster care system, returned me back to my mama pregnant. Well, that was nice. Um, unfortunately, I did lose uh, uh, my pregnancy. I was, um, I was only 15. And yep, it was a grown-ass man who I was pregnant by. <clears throat> I was 15 years old, and... Um, the the and I say babies because I was actually pregnant with twins so my mom was like oh that's a blessing in disguise and I was just kind of like whatever like there I didn't even have any emotion about it because it was just like a whatever one year exact later at 16 got pregnant again yep by another grown-ass man mm-hmm. um but this one I at least I'll say that I uh I told him I was 18. By that point, I was playing the game. So I told him I was 18 years old. So he, I'll, I'll be honest about that one and say he thought I was 18. I was literally driving a car and I had a job. He didn't think to even look at the, the driver's license, which, I mean, I have three boys. So I'm all about like card, 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 look at that license. If they even look like they may be real, remotely young, don't even go there. So uh, my learning lesson for my kids. But anyway, so... Um, the person that I was mad at for a very long time was my mother. Now, today, first of all, you couldn't call me to this day and say anything bad about her because I'll beat you down about it now. <laughs> my aggression is not like that anymore. But, but no, we've rekindled our relationship. It took many, many years. Um, one of the saving graces about my life was it slowed me down once I had my son, my oldest son. I had him at 
so well, two weeks before I turned 17. Um, and he literally was my saving grace. It like everything just changed. Like everything kind of, I had to get myself together and it happened. Um, my mom and I started having a little bit more of a relationship. Um, we had seeked out our own counselor. Of course, now we're, I'm out of foster care officially. And, um, we actually found a counselor, interestingly enough, that was like, um, wrapping up like her last bit of, of whatever it is for, for her schooling. And, um, it worked out great. So, and so we, we were in Virginia at that time. We went back to Frederick because she was, of course, getting a divorce from the stepdaddy, which I knew was going to happen because all he needed her to do was stand beside him for the court case to be acquitted. And then he was out, 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 out. So, and that's pretty much what happened. I knew exactly what was going to happen. That is what happened. But anyway, um, so now we're back together, me and my mom, my son, um, and my little sister, who we have a lot of years um, difference. You won't hear me talk too much about her because there are a lot of years between us. Uh, she's a lot younger than me, so there wasn't too much of a relationship um, because I was uh, so at that point self, self, so self-centered, so hurt, so whatever, all about me, and then my son focused on him. So I really did not have, I did not play a part or a role really in my sister's life. Um, so. Uh, the, okay, so what have I learned? Um, I can tell you that this podcast, like I said, will be focused more about business. One of the number one things, and I was just bringing you back as to where I kind of came from with the whole anger, aggression, and, um, the feeling of, uh, distrust and, um, being embarrassed and frustrated and ashamed. Um, just all of that anxiety, uh, all of that stemmed from back then, Um, I went to the military, I did a whole bunch of stuff, but one of the things I can say is that my mom introduced me to direct sales. Okay. I was, uh, it's been, I'm going on 19 years in the industry. So my mom introduced me to direct sales, uh, back in 2002, I believe. Yeah. Back in 2002. Yeah, because I'm going on 19 years. So that's the best gift she gave me, honestly. She introduced me to direct sales. She was doing it because she was a, she made a lot of money. She worked for the government. She did make a lot of money and she needed a tax write-off. I was no longer a tax write-off for her. I was doing my own thing. I was an adult, had my own kid. And then um, she had my sister when my sister was transitioning because she was um, about to graduate high school. So she needed a tax write-off and that's when she joined direct sales so the very first thing that I learned um in direct sales because I mean I pretty much the uh, the whole anger part was pretty much over for me as far as the aggression the aggression was definitely over um now being a uh a kind of like a clap back kind of person. I mean, if you said something to me, sarcastic or a little bit out of your way, I might've said something to you and didn't care who heard it. That stopped when I entered direct sales. It stopped because, uh, one of the things that made me pay attention was the, the fact that if I had a party with someone, that's when I would do in-home parties. If I were to do in-home parties with someone and 
I acted like a fool in public and chewed you out for just something stupid, what if you ended up at one of my parties? So that's something that I learned quickly and I changed my behavior because now I knew having a business that I had to at least make sure that my reputation was intact, right? So I couldn't be going around cussing people out. It always reminds me of like those like show or the movies that you watch where somebody's at McDonald's and the McDonald's person might screw up your order and then you're in there and you're yelling and screaming at them for whatever reason because you're screwed up my order instead of just being reasonable and being like, okay, I'll be patient. Can you just go ahead and get that corrected? You know what I'm saying? Like instead acting all out of character for what? For a damn burger? Because they messed up and put pickles on it? Come on now. So that's what I'm saying. Like I quickly had to realize my character being in business was important. That was, that's my very first lesson. Like seriously, okay, in business. I have so many things, so many lessons. You guys, I've, I've literally, I've got so many subjects, so many things to tell you. But I wanted to take you back really quick um, on the history because I understand that there are people out there that are, that have been hurt. And um, I've, I've, I've told you, like, I mean, I know that you, you might have had a rough going, but being a business for yourself, but no, I'm not talking about like, um, I'm not talking about owning a brick and mortar kind of business. I'm not talking about owning a big franchise where you got to spend 10, 20, 50, a hundred thousand dollars to get it started. That's not what, that's not the kind of business I'm talking about. I am literally talking about like the network marketing industry. Okay. Where it doesn't cost but sometimes just a couple hundred dollars and gee whiz these days even less than a hundred to get started and you can really get started in a business and have it as your own but the thing is you do have to work um and the level of of the of the self-improvement that you have to have in order to achieve different levels in your business it's just amazing so i'm asking you that if you're finding well, first of all, you might not be finding value in my, in my story, but you know somebody who's had, who's been abused in any kind of way, okay? They, they have the hurt, they have the frustration, they have the anger. I know that you know people. Share this with them. Share this with them, please, because, I mean, you can go, if you, if you find any value in this, I mean, you may not on this one, you might find it on the next one, I don't know. But if you're finding value where I'm literally going to be teaching you the things that I've learned in business, and I came from that background, I've come from an abused background, so I'm asking you to share, I am asking you to share, put it on your stories, tag me in it, my, um, my Instagram is yes. Yolanda, Y-E-S-Y-O-L-O-N-D-A, just like TikTok. I don't think you're going to tag me in TikTok. Don't tag me in TikTok. But um, it's the same there. And then with um, Facebook, it's Yolanda Copeland, Y-O-L-O-N-D-A, C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D. Tag me in your stories. I will definitely share. And then for every 10, don't forget, five-star ratings, because the more people this gets out to, the more impact I'm, I think that this will make. And that's the whole point, you guys. I'm putting myself on the line and I'm telling my truth. I'm like telling you raw stuff here. I'm putting it all on the line 
because I really believe that there are people out there that can resonate with me and understand and they'll want, they'll get me and um it's you know I, I want to help them I want them to understand that I went through these things too and there is a way to move forward in your life if you haven't found the way or if you've partially found it but you're still looking for something I'm here and I want to help you and the only way I know how to help you is to bring you through the things that I've been through to move forward so that's who that's 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 what I'm trying to do is to help them to help more people you guys you'll hear me talk about um women that I have deep deep connections with that I've helped along the way through business by the way through business and you'll hear me tell some of their stories um so that you can understand what I'm saying but I I feel like I can help on a bigger level here so this podcast is a little longer it's not going to be it'll probably be about 20 minutes so I'm the rest of them each one but for right now this one's a little longer because it's the introduction and I want to make sure that you understand the history and where I'm coming from and um, what I'm trying to do because like I said I mean little small wins little small wins and while you're trying to get to the big one I want to make sure that the people who are listening to me know that there are communities out here that will cheer you on and it's a little small win to get to build your confidence. You'll feel the love. You'll be independent, especially if you've ever, or if you're just now leaving it, uh, you might be just now leaving an abusive situation. I mean, we have somebody on the team that was homeless. And now, I mean, she's driving a free car. Like, I'm not kidding. When she started the business, she was homeless. Like, it, it, I mean, amazing, just amazing stories. Okay, so... You just never know. But if you can just please share this story or share my podcast because I want, I really, really want to touch the masses because I believe that I can help. Um, so it's going to teach you the patience. It's going to teach you the humbleness. It's going to teach you how to forgive people. I am one big thing about forgiving. That That's a whole nother podcast, I promise you. Um, that's going to be early on the podcast. It might be the one tomorrow because the forgiveness is the biggest thing in the world. Like my mother, I have forgiven her. I have forgiven her. I have forgiven her. I've forgiven her. So don't be going into my <laughs> Facebook or my, or my Instagram looking for my mama and be over there trying to get, get all up into her crazy feelings about this. Cause I have told her that I was going to do a podcast and I was like, ma, I'm going to do a podcast. Okay. But you know, I'm just letting you know that before I do it, I'm just telling you because it's going to be my truth. And you know, the truth ain't always cute. Not at all. It could be ugly. And sometimes in order to tell your truth, it obviously includes other people. So, um, she, she heard me. She heard me. So I say, I mean, I've forgiven my mom. I love her to pieces. She's not that same person anymore. Um, she 100% back and supports me. She knows she made a mistake back then. But, you know, it is what it is. We've all moved on. So, but that's what I want to do is to show and teach you how to do that thing. Is to move on. Um, to know that after all the things that you have felt um in a in a being in an abusive relationship or being abused of any type that there is another way uh so again please please do share um tag me in your 
Instagram or Facebook stories. And um, I will be putting up another podcast tomorrow. And um, I, I, I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for, um, for just hearing my story. And again, we're going to move forward from here on out. Lesson, lessons, lessons. Um, make it a great day. I say that you're always going to hear me say make it a great day because I think that making it a great day is something that you can control. You can control your day um, about how, how it is. Whether it be great, if it's bad. The whole point is you can always turn it around. So make it a great and positive day. Um, And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.